You're listening to the Counting Lights Podcast with Chris Dimity and Dan Danzy. Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling lock up. Hey everybody, Dan here, and this is part two of the Coat of Many Comics. Just a reminder that next week we'll have wrestling legend Black Bart on the show for two episodes of the Counting Lights podcast, coming out Mondays and Fridays. Without further ado, here's the conclusion, part two of the Coat of Many Comics. This he took, this is what he did. He took these three professional, you know, full-time comics that make good money in the business mm-hmm. took them over and they did um they did singapore hong kong malaysia like all these where comedy is in its infancy yeah there now so basically like comedy is the way that it was in the late 70s early 80s there now yeah and so you got to see what's going on and how they're grooming comics there and you know basically they're at the point where you just said where the the people who are teaching comedy over there like well uh you know if you're not good fucking get off the stage yeah like that means if you're not good you're never gonna be good and that's comedy i mean well back in well it's not that the people that were all drill sergeant back in the day wanted us to quit they were just trying to toughen us out. Right, but you, you know? know that. I mean... Like, for me, well, like, I'm really sensitive when it comes to that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if somebody came up to me and said, God damn, fucking quit comedy, bro. You're fucking horrible. Well... If somebody said that, I like, I would not sleep for three days. But my first instinct was... And and this is the correct. Yeah, so don't instinct. like like unless you want to want me to punch you in the mouth. Don't say that. No, no, no. The, the the first instinct that you should have, and and that was all of us. The first instinct was prove them wrong. Right. Show them like if a, like, like, like you, when you were training in the wrestling business, right. you never had someone come up to oh, you. Oh, I had somebody come just up to me. Fucking. I had a wail into you. I had somebody that was in was so on the tertiary edges of yeah. the, of wrestling. Come to me and go, you're the shit. In the negative sense. Yeah, like you're the shit. Like you you're suck. fucking horrible. And what was like, your first instinct? Prove um, I'm the fuck wrong. No, no, my first instinct was I was I was on the way the car I was carrying my bag. Mm-hmm. I was on the way the car. And so and, the, and this person said this to me. And my first instinct was, well, I just get in the car and fucking drive off the fucking road. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. Like it really like it was like it it, uh, it was a kick in the gut because you, it's your it's somebody's kicking you in the balls about your dream. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And listen, it's but yeah. After the emotion went away, yeah, I was like, well, fuck this. You know, you're back in the gym the next day. Mm-hmm. You're working out. You're going taking bumps in the ring. You're learning more. You know, on a nightly basis. So. That's a good that's a good example for well, me right now, Dan. Is and, that and now, you tell me that because it makes me think, hey, you did this other thing and yeah. you were kind of successful at it. You but, can do this and be right. just as successful. Well, I want to be more successful. I mean, more successful. You know what I'm saying? But you can't you can't like, but you can't expect it. You can hope for it, right? You can, you, but don't expect it and don't stress out over it. Just have fun. And nowadays with comedy, there's really no more. There's no more drill sergeants. In comedy anymore, there's there's blatantly honest people, 
You know, if you go up on stage and eat shit, Chris, and then you well, come up to me and say, hey, how'd I do? I'm going to tell you, you, you should, ate you shit. Should, no, you should. And, and everybody, like, sh- you should. If I come up, well, first of all, if you go up there and fucking eat shit, you walk off that stage knowing you ate shit. Yeah, oh, yeah, you better. Oh, my God, I can't. And, and that will always be around in comedy. People going up, eating shit. Or, or going up, they got little chuckles, and then they get off the fucking stage and, like, and pretend they fucking killed. killed. I fucking right. hate that so much. But it's something I'm used to now, because I've seen it now for 15 years. And you know what I do with those people? I don't fucking talk to them. Right. I don't fucking talk to them, because there's nothing I can teach them. They are fucking delusional. So you gotta wait till that delusional shit goes away, and then I can be blatantly honest. But that's what you get nowadays from good comedy teachers. I'm talking good comedy teachers. I'm talking ones with actual TV credits and road work, not someone who's just like, how can I make a quick buck off new people in the fucking community? Um, honest, I, and, and I'm not saying it that about anyone in particular, but there are people like that. There are people that take advantage of the new people in the community. Base basically, you you have to recognize when you're doing good, when you're doing bad, because that's the only way you're gonna learn from someone who knows what they're fucking doing. And when you go up there all delusional and thinking you killed, no one wants to help you. No one wants to help you succeed, because right. the like sixty percent of fucking comedy is the networking and the friends you make, because that's more likely where you're gonna get the next show. Is from someone. Oh, he did. You know. I've booked somebody who didn't do well. Right. I just booked them because they know they didn't do well. Because sometimes booking someone who's not who didn't have a good set is enough motivation for them to have a good set on a show that I booked them. And I tell them straight up, like, look, I'm putting you on the show because you recognize you did bad. But when you're on my show, I want you to do well. I don't want you to kill it. You don't have to kill it. Right. But I want you to have a better set than the fucking set I saw up there. And you know what? Ninety percent of the time, that's they're a, motivated that's, enough. That's a great feedback. Or two, like like what helps me when somebody says, "Hey, like if you took this and put this before that, if like you told this joke before that, like you like you can add a tag in here, mm-hmm. you know, or like give you real um, constructive shit, you know." But to tell me that like if you came up to me and said, "Hey, man, you better have a better set than you fucking did tonight." I would really f- fucking You'd hate me. Quest- no, You'd I would hate not. me for a couple minutes. I would, well, probably for a couple minutes. And then hate yourself, but, but then you'd grow. Yeah, that's the deal. It's the, it's the self-loathing mm-hmm. that it's like you, uh, you engulf yourself in self-loathing constantly in, the, in stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, you're never, ever good enough. It's never good enough. Uh, but and 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 I think that needs to. I mean, it's it's easy to say that needs to go away. I have my self-loathing moments. Right. I really do. But then there was a situation last night. Like I've been, I've been kind of like, I I do my job. This past year, you book me. I do my job. Right. When before, I I felt like I had a message with my set. That went with my shirt, and it was just like live every day, like it's you know one of those cliche bullshit things. Right. And I was selling shirts with that message, but the past year it's just kind of been a job, and then retail comes after the job. 
you know, right. buy this shirt. What's yeah, that? you're hawking. You're ha- you, what you're saying is like you feel like I felt like I was just doing a job and then hawking, hawking shirts. shirts, right? But like last night, and I only tell this story to present a point. Last night, one of the audience members uh, was my Uber driver last year. Walked up, told me like, "Hey, you were in my Uber last year. You just got done with the mic and you didn't do too well, and you were ranting to me about it in the car. I had no idea who you fucking were. Right. It was just some random customer ranting about their stand-up set and how it didn't go well. And I could tell he was like, I could tell you wanted to rant to someone. <laughs> and I just saw your set. You did very well. I'd like to buy a shirt. Not be." And it was he's. I'd like to buy a shirt because my wife, uh, my wife currently has cancer. This is a good message. And had Tony not walked up, like I brought, took Misty aside after our conversation, and I'm about to like fucking ball because it, it said that my my act had meaning and shit, and that it was actually a, it actually affected someone in a positive Holy sense. Shit. And I'm about to like cry to Misty, and then Tony walked up, started making fun of me, and then that's when okay, can't that's, get emotional. That's what I need. That's like that's that. that but it's, but my point is, it's those little surprises in comedy, right. to where it's like, you know, oh, this is why I do ne- this. This is why I do this. Never is enough. Whatever the self-loathing, all that shit, all the self-loathing, and all the oh God, I gotta make it. Blah blah blah. It's all bullshit. Right. It's all bullshit. It's all in your head right. because. Some dude that you took an Uber from can just walk up to you, and no matter how many shirts you sell, this was my first, the, the first person to buy a shirt last night, and he could have been the only one. He could have been the only fucking one. That'd everyone, okay everyone else could have just totally skipped me and gone to Tony or gone to you and say good set. I just needed that one fucking guy to make my night go. Fuck yeah, I did a good job, and that's it. Ralphie, would you like to add something since you've joined us on the podcast? <laughs> My dog. But yeah, so like when you're panicking and you're stressing out about, oh, I, I got to make money, oh, I got to, I got to fucking do that, it's, it's redundant. It's, yeah, it's... Uh, because we all, we all do this for fun. We all, we all, I mean... Well, I definitely do it because it's fun, and I definitely do it because... Uh, Go ahead, I'm sorry. Like, like the, uh, like the money thing, like I don't even think about that. Well, I'm just putting like it. It's almost I'm, like it's cause, like I do this. Because, whatever you equate. I, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna equate this to something that I that I can truly understand. Um, it doing comedy is like doing martial arts. Yeah. Um, doing comedy Weird, is but like okay. like doing pro wrestling, or real wrestling, or taekwondo, which I've done in the past, or you know jujitsu, or any of the any of those. Because you cannot get better unless you fucking do it all the time. Absolutely, yeah. Like you gotta fucking do it all. Like, like to be a pro wrestler, you gotta fucking get in the ring all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. To to build muscle, you gotta be in the gym all the fucking time. Yeah, I so, hate gyms. They smell. So like. that's the reason that. I mean, it's so hard for well. I go, I go, you dumbass! Why didn't you do this earlier? Mm. Okay, but I didn't. Yeah. So I just got to keep going. Yeah. I mean, but like, you know, whatever you equate to success, that the, the, the success you want. Ralph, Ralph, fucking dog, go, go. This is the counting the number of times I tell my dog to fuck off. Go, go. God, <laughs> fucking fat ass dog. Um, Whatever you equate 
the like whatever in your head is like the perfect level of success. All right, you can get there as long as you have fun and you don't concentrate on it. The bet the the best way I got to feature, the best way I got to do thirty to thirty five minutes was to not concentrate on how I needed thirty to thirty five minutes. Yeah. The best way to get to an opener set or to become an opener was just not think about it. Just do it. Just fucking have fun. And I had and, and I've had lots of fun. Uh, every worry I ever had in comedy on the next level or progression, you just don't even think about it. You just have fun. And before you know it, you're going to be fucking waiting <laughs> on the side of the stage to go up and feature, and then it's going to hit you. Holy shit, I got to feature. And I didn't even notice. Right. And honestly, dude, as long as you have fun and you don't stress out and you don't fucking think about it, that is the best way to progress in comedy. Well, that's going to be tough for me. If you but see, see, but you don't say that shit. Just don't even say right. it. Don't put it in your mind. Because what you th- what you think up here and what you say out loud is in the universe. Yeah, so see, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of guy like if I need firewood, I go chop the tree down. Yeah, but you don't th- you don't think you don't stress out about getting the firewood. You know you know how to get it. You know. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. It's like right now you're stressing out about how to get to the next level when you know how to get to the le- next level. Just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. You've been saying it over and over again. Yeah, and, I just need to keep doing it. And uh, you know, at this point, at at, at the level I'm at, yeah. honest to God, if I'd never gone on stage again, I kind of beat. Like, I have done more than I thought I would do when I went to my first open mic. So, there's a comic I want you to look up, and I want you to, like, watch his material and everything. His name's Eddie Pepitone. He's a, he's a fucking great comic. Started off pretty, when he when he first started, pretty up there in age. And now, and now you know, he works with uh, uh, Patton Oswalt, and, and he has his own thing going. Pepitone. Eddie Pepitone. He's a fucking great guy. I think I might have seen. He's an older guy, right? He's an older guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have seen. I think I saw his last special. Yeah. 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 He and started. He is, he's probably, he's got to be in his 60s. Started comedy late. Look at Ron White. Ron White was doing it for fucking 20 years. 20 years before he got noticed. Yeah. Before he got that national. Yeah. And and so when it, comes, when it comes to age, man, like, look, if you get too old, to be able to do comedy anymore, well, guess what? Your colleagues will be able to say, well, goddamn, Chris Germany was, was, was fucking trying. Chris Germany was fucking killing it. Yeah, like at the You at have this something point, to, like, yeah, you have right. a group of people right. that will carry on your fucking name. Yeah, when it comes, I've always said when the day comes where, you know, I die and whatever happens to me. Yeah. Um, like I get just, hit by a bus, get I, paralyzed. Yeah, whatever. whatever. I want. I want to fucking leave skid marks. Yeah. Like you know the whole wrestling thing and fucking pursuing this and all the other shit I've done in my life. Like I just want him to go. Well, fucking, it's not like he didn't try. Exactly. And you, you've done enough, Chris, where we could write a book about you tomorrow. You know, wrestling, comedy, this podcast. You know, all six people listening Constant to this, right? masturbation. The the sucking of our own dicks on the podcast. You know. There's no need to worry. There's no need to panic. Because you got a you got a happy family. 
Yeah, you all right. Yeah, you got you've got more than what most people do in comedy right now, and I'm even talking about the twenty somethings. Right, you've got more going on than those twenty somethings, you know, and those twenty somethings are fucking hungry, literally hungry. Right, they eat ramen noodles and then go to bed. Mm, ramen. You got a you got a wife, I imagine that cooks for you, or you cook. <laughs> You're but, completely and totally wrong on well, that one. Well, I'm gonna be nice because she wants to give me that coat. Uh, <laughs> but you've got a pantry full of food. You got a fridge yeah, full man, of food. We're, yeah, we're, you know, I'm, we're very blessed. You're very blessed. So why even worry? I know you're right. You're I right. mean, I used to panic. And and honestly, I found out what was holding me back was drinking. But did you know I had to live in my car for for a little bit of period of time? Yeah. All right. And I've been able to make some decisions in my life where, yeah, I have a nice small place, but I got a pantry full of food. I got a wife that's completely happy. Right. You know, uh, I've, I've got. You know, a PlayStation Five. I've got everything that you needs to got, keep me got happy. Got the fucking setup here, bro. I, I, yeah, yeah. And it's things to keep me away from drinking, but also things just just de-stress me. Right. You know, and 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 I'm having fun when I'm not doing comedy. I'm streaming to. I'm I'm doing video games to a completely different audience. Yeah. So uh, so that kind of brings me to, uh, you know, I'm always looking. I'm always looking for the next thing. Like, what's the next thing I can do to challenge myself? You know what I'm saying? What's the next thing Train I can do? Train me to be a wrestler. Yeah, we talked about that. I, I know. No, I, I don't know if that's going to happen because, like... Uh, you talked to Misty about it? I talked to Misty. Oh, no. she's Misty supports me in anything I want to do. You know, that's one of the things that you and I are, are very similar of because my wife's the exact same way. You have to have someone you like have that. To have you know how many fucking comics I've seen quit because their wife or their girlfriend? Well, it almost made me like I had uh, or my, their husband or my, boyfriend. Yeah, my uh, I had a girl that I was with when I first got in the wrestling business. Yeah, and it was a fucking nightmare because she didn't want you to do it anymore. Right. And see, you can't have someone like that. That is a toxic. She was not. She she she's never had ambition. Yeah. Still to this day, she's happy doing the same job she did when she mm-hmm. was a fucking teenager. Mm-hmm. And uh, and, and it's like, uh, and, and it was like it almost made me fucking quit the wrestling business. Well, you know what, you know what comics do, you know, like I'm not gonna say it's all on the spouse. Or anything like that. Like if you're with someone that doesn't want you to do it. it an excuse. If you're a comedian and you have a spouse or a significant other that doesn't want you to do it anymore, you want to know why? You took them to a fucking open mic. (laughs) Then they're there. Then they're there. Because when you first tell them, oh, hey, this is what what I'm trying out or this is what I do, they're excited for you. They believe Mm -hmm. in you. Mm -hmm. You take them to that open mic and they see you bomb. That's when the fucking shit changes. You don't take them to a professional show where there's a wait staff and rules and a host gotcha. and a and Same a fucking feature and a headliner. When you and that, they think they think every every night think, is yeah they is, think, is that fucking showcase mm, where where you kill yes. and 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 your whole night is wonderful. And the comedian that's it's normally a new person. <laughs> that's fucking great. They think that they're they think that their significant other will be impressed with the open mic and no. 
You know, you're not even impressed with the fucking open mic. No, when it's a fucking nightmare. 90, it's a fucking nightmare. 90% of the, the time, a every open of, mic is a fucking nightmare. A lot of the times, and this is where the fucking high school type of bullshit happens, a lot of the time these comics will bring their significant other because it's like, look at me, look how hot my significant other is. They want to show them off. What they don't know is they're fucking ruining that relationship bringing them to a fucking open mic where you're in the sixth block, everybody's eating shit. <laughs> Everybody. And then the one veteran comic goes up there and kills, and then he or she, he or she whoever you're dating, wants right. to fuck them instead right. of you. First, God, I've seen it so... First rule of the wrestling business, don't bring your old lady around the wrestling business. Seriously, Chris, after 15 years, comedy and comedy communities is just the same fucking show that's rebooted and recast, but you're like the original member because right. it's nostalgia. It's like this. It's like <laughs> when they always bring Saved by the Bell back and Dustin Diamond... Oh, I know, Jesus. he just died. They might still put him on. Look, it's when... And he's, prop he's him up. The, it'll, it'll, yeah. it'll be the same act. He's the only one that's still from the original cat. When they used to bring it back and shit, all those old shows, right. they bring somebody back, and right. that's how I feel. I feel like like if they brought Cheers back, you goddamn right they'll have George Went there. I feel right. like I'm the George Went, and everyone else is just the new <laughs> fucking new name, same character. Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley. Yeah, I'll be Kirstie Alley, you know. No, Kirstie Alley was the new one on Cheers. Kirstie right. Alley was the new Diane, right. wasn't she? Right. You know, and they tried to play with it with her and Sam. They tried to kind of put them together and they were like, oh, no, that's a bad writing idea. But that's that's how it feels to me after 15 years. And no one listens to me, but I can correctly predict what's going to happen in every scenario, you know. Right. You know, oh, my dog is farting. That's wonderful. (laughs) He might have to poop. He might. The older he gets, just the he's starting to grunt, fart, snore. It just sounds like my day. Yeah, he knows he farted, too. Look, he looked back like, are they smelling it? Yeah, they're smelling it. But, yeah, that's how comedy is after 15 years. And you're going to start to, when when you get up there in comedy age, you're going to start seeing the same shit, too. Comics dating each other. All right? Mm. Comics starting classes when they have no business starting classes. Right, right. right. You know? Comics... How many comics have I seen, or I'm sorry, open micers, amateurs going up thinking they killed and then walking around like their shit doesn't stink even though you just saw their shit stink. Right, right. It's all the same shit. Prima donnas, people that fucking are killers and they don't think they're killers. There's all walks of life in comedy that you just see over and over again. There are only a few people I've seen that's like, wow. That I want to fucking write. That person is amazing. And you think that they're going to be the next big thing. And then they just quit. They fall out in love with it. They quit. They move or they die. Right. You know, I've seen people go to great heights and have terrible lows. You know. Wow. One one comic uh, I always admired while living in the Houston Beaumont area. I think probably the most successful person I've known is uh, Mo Amir, uh, who now hangs with Chappelle and opens for Chappelle and had his own uh, uh, Netflix special and stuff. He actually got to sit next to actually he got to sit next to Eric Trump uh, uh, on a plane flight, and the media made a big news about it. Like, oh, really? oh a Muslim guy had to sit oh, next to Eric oh, Trump. Okay, and they had the, they had a conversation and everything. That's probably the most successful. <laughs> 
I know. It's, it, but that was probably that's probably the most successful uh, comic that I knew coming up who has gone way above. But the rest of the time, and Mo is an amazing comic and deserves it. But there's a lot of comics that they're amazing and then they just quit and or just something happens. Right. There was a dude when I first started, David Bradley, who is an amazing, amazing uh, comic, and he was about your age. He was your age. He he was so good at what he did that when I started, he was giving me advice. I thought he had been doing comedy 10 to 15 years. No, he'd only been doing comedy two or three years. Right. He had a wife that walked out on him and told him, well, maybe if you didn't do comedy, we could still blah, and then he just quit. He just quit. And it's stuff like that. And I don't I don't look down on him. That's a big emotional blow. I'd hate comedy too. If Misty said, if Misty walked out on me and said, you know, comedy was the thing that got between us. Right. I'd probably fucking quit too. Yeah, you know, it's funny because it's like we're lucky to have people to support us. And uh because Very lucky. I've been in relationships where I wasn't supported. You know, you know, uh, mentally and 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 physically, financially and you know, just, you know, just being there for you when you need it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, somebody I can come home and go, oh, open mic was brutal tonight. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, like I think I might go in the bathroom and cry for about half an hour, you know. Misty knows me so well that she knows if I'm bombing, I'm just going to, like, fucking dig my grave even harder. So if I, if I come home and I'm like, oh, open mic was brutal, she goes... So what did you do? <laughs> Where did it lead? That's what funny. did you say? Oh, I just started doing nine eleven jokes, sweetie. I didn't even give a shit. <laughs> that, you know, and I have to uh, like I, I gotta I gotta. There's gonna be a point, and I can feel it coming. Yeah, that there's gonna be a point where I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, and like I'm gonna go, you and that's what, what makes it fun. And and then you, I feel like it. I, you know, I feel like it's, something's going to open up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and I'm not at that point yet. Like, I'm not. They talk about finding your voice. And I know I'm probably eight years away from that. You know what I'm saying? All your voice is, all that is, is just your confidence and your creativity and, coming together. And That's get, all your voice is. to the is. point where, like, I'm, I say what's on my mind and... Fucking, you know, it's like, like I need to. I know I need to write more. Mm-hmm. I know I need to. Uh, I know I need to get up more, and and I need things to push me to do that. You know, and but I know there's going to be a point where I, I'm going to get on stage and like the real Chris Germany is just going to fucking come out and just fucking it's, start spewing out of my it's mouth. It's confident. Let me ask you something because I just learned. I didn't just learn. I learned a couple months ago that some people um, do not have the inner voice in their head. Oh, I do. You do? Can you imagine doing comedy without being able to think uh, or or, or listen to or have that vocal in your head? You know what I mean? They just, what they... No, man, because you you can't, like... Like that... That's that's like being on the verge of being a, a psychopath. 
No, I don't. You know no, 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 no. I don't. I don't think so. I like mean, if you don't like people in like, conversation. If I'm up there, like last night up there, and like fucking a joke didn't work, and I was like, "Oh, you're really eating some shit up here." Bro. I think it's a disadvantage. I don't think it's on the verge of being a psychopath. It's just explains. Well, it's that one, it explains those people that have no filter. That's an explanation. Well, and that's but you know the person that you like. You also have to have that inner voice that goes, "Maybe you should not do that." Mm. Like, that's why I think like, it's a disadvantage. Like, uh, like. Um, you know, I mean, well, maybe you shouldn't. Am storm- I going to have to light some incense, Ralphie? Jesus, maybe go you ahead. shouldn't storm the Capitol. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? bro. Like, like I've never like, seen a riot have daiquiris. Like, to, right? <laughs> like you know, there was somebody that like. I mean, I can like this is almost this is almost a bit. I can hear it in my head. Like, it's me, like, a friend of mine goes, hey, man, we're all going to Washington to do this protest thing, and I got to... What? You had a friend? No, no, no I'm no, saying, okay, you know, okay. I'm saying, like, <laughs> hey, man, we got we got one seat on the plane. You want to come and hang out? We're going to have drinks, and it's going to be fun, and we're going to be fucking, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, they're going to smoke a little pot, you know? and, 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 like, and then all of a sudden, they're fucking storming the Capitol, and you're like... Fucking! I didn't know we were gonna do this. You know, uh, you know that scene in Groundhog Day where Bill Murray's and Puxatoni and all those people are getting ready for the Groundhog. That's what the riot looked like to me. Just the and it's a band of poker. You know, there's people in the back going, and, and, and they're like, "Come on, let's go!" And the people in the back are going. I'm fine right here. Yeah. You know? Oh, have you been watching that fucking... Have you been watching the, the trial of that shit? No, I have Oh, not. they've been releasing new video. I didn't know people were rubbing shit on the walls. Listen, it's, we talked about this in the infamous... I uh, Yeah, the political episode that, that never that, was. That fucking got... Dissolved by God, but we didn't know that there were people wiping shit on oh, the walls. Oh, no, listen, it's goddamn embarrassing. Listen, oh. it's goddamn <laughs> embarrassing. And and I'm not a fucking and I'm not a fucking. You know, you gotta crap yourself listen, first before not, you wipe no shit on the walls. Bleed, you know, bleeding heart, fucking liberal. I, I'm pretty, you know. F- don't fuck with my guns. Don't fuck with my fucking four hundred one k. But like, come, come on. Don't fuck with my GameStop Come stocks. On, I, That's how I am. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, they how did. did that go? Oh, dude, they fucked with it. No, I sold it off. I'm, do- oh, make, I'm okay. making way better stock decisions. Yeah, when you when you were when you were sending shit out, how do I buy stock? Yeah, no, no. I I learned uh, the stock market at that point, and I think it just came naturally. I I think it's just come naturally to me. I've uh, I've made a pretty I <laughs> made a pretty good penny, but GameStop right. opened the door for that knowledge, and then I was able to see, like, oh, this isn't going to bump up again. Right. See, the reason right. it bumped up was because Redditors took the hedge fund people by surprise. The hedge fund people contained it, and and they're they're they going to win that Continue to do that. They yeah, can they continue to do they that. Can everybody break, can make some money. That's the thing. It's called a pump and a dump. A pump dump, yeah. yeah. But the thing with the hedge fund people is they're never going to be punished for any of the legal shit they do to bring that price down. So it's right, a winless right, battle. So right. just go to another stock and do the pump and dump and everything. But if you're a smart investor, you invest in the long term. See, I've learned so much. God, but, we got off on that, didn't we? I know, but like... I'm not a bleeding heart liberal either. I don't care, consider myself liberal. But it's still goddamn embarrassing. It's fucking embarrassing. It's fucking embarrassing that we, like, I'm all for protesting if it's under the right reason, you know? Well, regardless of what the reason is, if you think it's the right reason, go ahead and do it. But the point is, is that. 
But you can't be on the side that said, oh, well, this protest was inappropriate, and then you try to storm the fucking Well, Capitol. you can't be somebody who is uh, pro-gun and pro... pro uh, uh, back the blue, right? and, and then a shit. cop gets killed. Well, and, yeah, and, and, then, and then somebody fucking defends herself and shoots you in the neck. Absolutely, and you and you and you and you're like, oh, well, well this wasn't in the brochure. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like I can't listen. I can't. I can't listen. I mean, I never did to begin with. But now the point of Colin Kaepernick's protest was inappropriate is totally moot at this point. And if you're still saying that, yeah, and he didn't storm the Capitol. <laughs> That's, that's with fucked. a daiquiri that in his hand, fucked up. with Margaritaville playing. <laughs> I like Jimmy Buffett. I I'm not sure how Jimmy Buffett feels about this. His well, parrot heads went out of control. <laughs> Jimmy uh, Buffett is my go-to for that. I just can't think of a better fucking musician for them. Right. They have to all love Jimmy Buffett, right? We like we, Bob Seger. Bob Seger, uh, yeah. Hollywood Nights, baby. Yeah. Or uh, uh, oh, oh yeah. I'm the f- uh, here's another one. Fucking Sammy Hagar. <laughs> <laughs> quite, uh, see, quite right. Quiet Riot, yeah. Uh, or you could really go the other direction and just no go... No pun intended on that. You could go the other direction and go Neil Diamond. I don't think Neil Diamond would have supported that capital. No, but that's the kind of music fucking, yeah. you know, fuddy-duddy white people fucking listen to. <laughs> fuddy-duddy white people! <laughs> Neil Diamond. You know he wrote some of the Monkees songs? Yeah, and wrote uh, quite a few other songs. Yeah, Neil too. Diamond's the shit, man. Yeah, so the boss got a D- DUI. DWI. Oh, okay. GDI? Everybody everybody gets a DWI at some point. When you drink alcohol, you're going to get a DWI. You're fucking, you're fucking with my mojo now. I've got two. <laughs> I had two before 30. Now I had a problem, but you'd be surprised. Like, I would be in these, these alcohol classes, and the teacher would explain all these negative effects about alcohol, and this made me go, something's wrong with our system. Because I raised my hand and I said, well, with all this negative shit, why is it legal? Why is it legal? And everyone in that class, well, you can't infringe upon our rights. Okay, pull out a blunt right now and see see what happens. Yeah, and it's, you know. Listen, pull out some fucking weed. That. I mean, that's what we talked about but, last week. But, and, but I think people are hypnotized. Like, they use that freedom and that infringe upon our rights. But you can't take, some, you can't take something away that's already, let's like, that's like saying, well, smoking's bad for you, so we're just going to eliminate smoking. I get it. I get it. But haven't they kind of eliminated well, smoking? they've done their best to... So, but with Listen, drinking, big tobacco still making shit tons of money. They are, they are, but with drinking, mostly overseas. But with drinking, which is a drug, alcohol is a drug. Sure. All right, it makes you dumb. It changes the chemistry in your brain. Whether you're a big alcoholic, a moderate drinker, or just a small time drinker, it does damage to your brain. Does damage to your critical thinking. All right, all those people that raided the Capitol. You can't tell me there was a non-drinker in. In any of them? Well, I mean, I'll tell you this. I bet there was fucking cocktails on the plane. Oh, yeah. though There was. We we have Instagram pictures to prove it. Well, I mean, and that's... But they, they, <laughs> freely, they freely say that. And then, and then to trap you, right, the legal limit is not even like you'd have to drink one drink. Right. For, uh, for most people, it's right. one drink to hit that legal limit. Yeah. And that legal limit is not even a tipsy point. No. So, well, unless you're, you know, like, like 
you know, it depends on your weight. Mm-hmm. If you've eaten and all this kind of shit. But, I mean, Kit and I used to, we had this quote when we were on the road. When we would uh, have a crazy night. Yeah. And we would get up in the morning and we would say, well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. My first DWI, uh, I can't remember what I blew, but I was completely cognizant. I was completely like, you would have thought I was sober. But the legal limit of, uh, what is it, point zero oh eight, I think. Point something. Point oh eight. Yeah. Complete trap. Complete bullshit. All right. Yeah. And then it's, it's like two drinks. It is. It is. Now my second DWI. Well, I can't remember it. So there you go. I was having a good fucking time. I know that. Like that was the first time I was. I was just like, yeah, no, I had such a good time. They put me in timeout. Like that was, it was like, you, you too wild. You know when a bar throws you out. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, that's that's when like the cops find you and you're like, Ew. it's been a long time since I did that. Well, but my point is everybody gets a DWI because alcohol is probably the most dangerous drug, and they have they entrap you. They fucking entrap right. you with that right. legal limit. And most alcoholics don't get help. They move on to other substances. They say weed's the gateway drug. Fuck that. Alcohol is the gateway drug. Because you get in trouble with alcohol, then you move on to something else, and right. then it just right. fucking spirals into, you know, all of a sudden I'm doing heroin under a bridge. <laughs> I like to, I enjoy the naps. It's not illegal to nap. <laughs> oh, Dan. Oh, Dan. I'm just saying. I'm just fucking whatever. I don't know what we were talking about originally. Well, originally we were talking, we're talking about what happened with WWE. And yeah, the, and it just spiraled out of control. We never know where these are going. It's like a goddamn roller coaster. But yeah, for the, uh, for the next uh, Counting Lights comedy show, come on out. You're missing out. Uh, we had a completely different audience so, there than we did for the wrestling uh, so show. We, yes, uh, well, a lot of the same people. A lot of the same people, the same but people, a lot of new people. The the supporters, but you know, it was probably about fifty fifty new people yeah. and and regulars. And we like to welcome our new listeners who have downloaded the podcast uh, after last night. Like to welcome them and thank you for coming out to the comedy show. But we got a good thing going. We got an original. Uh, setup here of wrestling and comedy, and we're trying to do both. It takes. What do you think is more stressful, Chris, uh, to put together a wrestling show or a, a comedy show? Uh, you're the, it's got to the... be wrestling show because there's so many moving parts. What do you want, buddy? He just he always wants attention. Seriously, when someone's here, that's when he shows his youth. So, um, the last comedy show, I wasn't as stressed out. Yeah, this comedy show was more important to me because I had you and Tony and Paul on it, and the last comedy show he's all right. The I, last comedy show I did, I I grouped a bout, um, probably five or six comics that were at my level. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So and at that point, you really don't know how the show's going to go. No, and and, you, and, and and but I wasn't worried because I knew these people were funny, but they were funny at my level. Yeah. And now I'm on the show with guys that are way above me, mm-hmm. and so it was stressful for me. First of all, making sure all the comics got there. Yeah, you wanted us an hour before showtime. I, I know that's like, fucking ridiculous. I'm not. I'm gonna, well, I know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there when I'm there. Once again, <laughs> and Paul, Paul was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul got there when he got there. <laughs> 
And then and he was like, I, we got to hurry this up. I got another set of back yeah, doors. He was, yeah, he was like, hey, man. Uh, I love Paul, though. How long do you need me to go? Because I got another set of back, yeah, door, yeah. back but door. That's coming. what I love about Paul. Paul will like purposely double book himself. Well, I told him, because I was like, he, hey, man, he get up comedy. there and do as long as you want. Yeah. Just go. Just go. Go until you're happy. Yeah. If he did, he probably did about 35 minutes. 35 to 40, yeah. He did a good And uh, he just went up there and killed. And they were so impressed. Like, I just want to continue to bring better and better comedy to these shows that we're doing. Yeah. And continue to, like, listen, I'm not trying to build an empire, but it'd be nice to... If you accidentally get one, though. Yeah, like, I just want to fucking put on good shows. Absolutely. And, And this is what I tell everybody that I work with. Um, you know, comics and the venue that I'm working with, Oak Island's Brewery. I just tell them, so the most important thing to me is that's the best comedy show that we can put on tonight. Yeah. The best comedy show we can do tonight. I want as much, as many things purpose. Listen, we need to, there's, there's things I know we need to work on. It's, was it perfect? Um, I mean. Pretty fucking good though. Can, can I say something? As someone who's been, Doing this a while, that's probably one of the one of the one of the better uh, comedy shows I've I've helped with and been a part of and and curated. I want to say curated. Um, it's important to me. I mean, you know what I'm saying. If you think it wasn't perfect, I I I'd love to see your standard well, of perfect because uh, yeah. that 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 was pretty fucking good. Yeah, like uh, I know. Like again, I, we're ending the podcast sucking suck our, our dicks. Um. You know, I know that's this. gonna be the name of There's, this episode. Sucking our own dicks. Please don't put with that on. Chris and Dan. Part one. <laughs> it's a four part episode. <laughs> <laughs> you were so good. No, you were so good. <laughs> uh, giving you a reach around. Where's my coat? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, like I, I in my opinion, like the sound could be better. The lights could be they're, better. They're uh, uh you know, like my wife told me she's like, "You think you're se- you you think you didn't have a good set because the people in the back couldn't hear you." Mm, we didn't. It, we so do. We, we did. Im- like we do need a better. I I was Tony. I talked about it. Uh, a better microphone. Yeah, that's yeah yeah. Like, like these would probably be great for me. Uh, so you, I'm usually loud, but I knew it. The, so Tony was telling me about that microphone, and I was like, okay, it sounds like the microphone just kind of like. Dips. So my like my wife every... told me she said Dan had the best mic- microphone control because you had it you, you held it kind of the side of your mouth, mm-hmm. and so you didn't have the popping that I did. The, mm-hmm. You know, like these microphone covers. The dip, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, so, and of course, and that's just from years of different microphones and yeah. So like, listen, like I'm I don't mind investing in what I need to. Like I, I talked to the wife today about. You know, maybe investing in our own sound system. I mean, really, and all you need is a different. All you need is a different microphone. Right. That might. I think that that microphone probably had some wear and tear on it. Probably. That's why I wasn't loud, but I gave the inflection of right. being loud. Yeah, we could have. Like, I literally could have gone out to my car and got one of these. May, yeah, probably. And it probably would have been better. Yeah, but so, you know, you but, live, and, you learn. In our in our lighting situation, you know, like listen, when you're doing lighting was was fine. The like, lighting was fine for the for what that. Room yeah, was. so like what when, you know, but for me, I'm tr- constantly trying to make things better. Yeah. So it's. I mean, if you really want superb lighting, there's got to be lights hanging down from the ceiling. Right. 
Um, just as long, like we we made sure of it before we started the show. As long as the lighting looks more like a comedy show and not ghost stories around the fire, right? right. We're fine. Yeah, good job on that. I mean, that was actually you. You said back back them up, and we backed them up, and it was so the lighting was fine. Lighting was fine and affordable. We don't need to like upgrade that. And just a different microphone, and then we're good. I, I mean, honestly, we're not. We're well. We do have a show planned in the future. We're not going to announce who the headliner is, but we're we're working on a game changer here. Yeah. We're working on something. We we, we want to shake things up. It's a possibility. We've uh, kind of uh, batted some stuff around. We'll mm-hmm. just put it that way. We've we've thrown we've sent some carrier pigeons, and we're waiting for those we, carrier we will, pigeons we, to come back. We shall see. But yeah. I will definitely. We will definitely be having a. Um, Another Stone Cold Steve Austin's going to headline the night. No, That's funny from your mouth to God's ears. No, no. I mean, I would love, I would love to have Stone Cold on the podcast. Yeah, but headline a comedy show. Actually, that would work, dude. I'm telling you, <laughs> right now, like that's our that's when we when we get him on the podcast, we made it. The Undertaker is going to be headlining yeah, if we our get comedy Mark show. Calloway on the fucking podcast. He can talk about how the yeah, the just... boys are too soft nowadays. Did you see that fucking thing? Yeah, man. That's just well. I was just I listened to the I listened to that podcast the day it came out. Yeah. And uh Yeah, no, I, Mark. I, I think what he was really trying to say is that people are living past fifty, Mark. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> yeah, like like I think what he was saying was we we were like, listen, um like my grandfather fought in World War Two. Yeah. And he was about your age when he went when he volunteered. Thirty-three. Yeah. Oh, I was fucking. I wouldn't do that. At and so, yeah. But he he was a you know like he was an engineer. He was a CB. He, like he knew that he could give something to the war effort, and he felt bad. He's seeing all these young kids go to, you know, go off to war and be shipped over, and there's nothing he could do to help. So what did he do? Join the navy. My grandmother almost killed him. <laughs> But by the way, shout out to listener Sean Currens. By the way, former Navy man loves the podcast, and he called me today to tell me he loved the oh, podcast. That's cool, bro. So I want to give a special shout what's out to Sean Sean Currens. Hey, former, Sean, what's going on? Former bro? roommate, heterosexual life mate. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's that's he's awesome. like family to me, and he so, loves you. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, man. yeah, loves yeah. You. Sean, tell five more people, would you? Tell five more people, and and write us something the fucking the. Our Twitter or whatever. Yeah, what? I don't know what we have. <laughs> Counting <laughs> oh, lights podcast at Gmail, and I'll I'll give all the information at the end of the podcast. So uh, yeah, yeah, like so, so he was but, a Navy but, man. Yeah, so listen, and he was like he was tough, you know. And my dad, like in that generation, the the next generation was just a little softer than them. That's how I felt about Star Trek. And then, and then, like, like my generation is a little softer than my old man, right? And mm-hmm. my son is a little softer than we are. Well, you know what we're getting. You know why why that is. And this is just straight up about war in general. Like as we get older as a society, we realize that war is not the answer. You know what I mean? So, and violence, violence in general is War. not an answer. What's it good for? Ugh. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. They were ahead of their time. But we're learning that, that violence and aggression 
and all that is not a way to solve conflict. So when that, when society is learning that, like all together, naturally, subconsciously, we're going to have softer and people. Ev- and eventually, we turn into the grays with mm-hmm. big eyes and large brains. Oh, I can't wait. And no genitals. Yeah. Yeah, very sentient beings being able to fly. It's going to be wonderful. I mean, we're not going to live for it, but it's it's society evolving into like, no, we don't need to go to war but because I, somebody has oil. But or I we don't that, need to. Right, right. <laughs> but I think that's what Mark was trying to say is that, you know, like, listen, the guys that were before me in the wrestling business, they were tough, man. Yeah. Like when I got in the wrestling business, God, Killer Tim Brooks mm-hmm. and... and uh, Fucking Matt Boren. Oh, God damn. Having mm-hmm. to go in and wrestle Matt Boren on a Saturday morning TV taping. Jesus Christ, help me. You know? And, but, and, and Undertaker's just like the last of a, of a generation. Sure. He's the last He's of the a last. tough generation. Yep. Like, even Triple H has kind of evolved to a point where, like, yeah, he, st- he was coming right. up in that, but now he understands, like, oh, yeah, got to sure. be, you know, these people. You know, Undertaker was complaining about how he's in the back and people are playing video games. All right. You know, when before it was just, I don't know, cocaine? I don't know what the fuck, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they were doing. Fucking kind of. You know? It's just a different day and different age and stuff. And I think I think he was trying to, uh, I think he was trying to say what you were saying, but he's on the Joe Rogan experience, and right. you know, Joe Rogan's a tough guy, and it just came, it came off as like, all right, Mark, all right, okay. Well, yeah, and you, you know, it like. It came off kind of snide. You know. I don't think that's the way he meant it. It is not the way he meant no, it. Definitely and I'm wasn't. just joking like, around. He was saying the guys that, you know, like we're tougher than the guys are now. Yeah, yeah. And they and they are. Like, like I know. There, there was some mean. I know I'm tougher than these motherfuckers that are wrestling right I, now. There, I mean, uh, listen, I'm not saying, like, there's always one dude. Yeah. You know. But, I mean, we were... F- Fucking a bunch, you know, we fucking chewed on nails and shit, you know? Which is terrible for your teeth. Uh, do you remember Do you remember that meme I showed you of that Undertaker interview? And he's like, I miss the days when the boys died before 50 right. and the rookies got molested. That's right. <laughs> that's, how, that's how he sounded. Right. But he didn't I mean understand. to. Yeah. Please, Mark Calloway, do our podcast. Uh, I think we talked about everything we wanted to talk about today. God, it's never enough, man. It really is never enough. Now, when it comes to the podcast, never it's never enough. That's right. But don't stress out about it, all right? Uh, uh, don't stress out about this it. This is the easiest thing I do. I will say we this is very it, easy. We recorded. I have a couple cold ones. The hardest thing is you, keeping my and, dog under control. And then, and then you got to edit it. And that's shit. And that's just me doing the regular computer stuff and, you know. But, anyways, guys, if you want to add something to our conversation, tweet us at counting underscore lights or send us an email at counting lights podcast. I'm getting the name of the email right this week. Counting lights podcast at gmail.com. And this has been another episode of Counting Lights for Counting Lights Podcast. He's Chris Germany. And that's Dan Danzy. And this is the Counting Lights Podcast, where wrestling and comedy lock up. <laughs>